don't know what that is, but there's a very nice bird on the wall outside my house. Don't think it's blue. It's like brown with like a black and white patches. Like a finch. I wish I was better at recognizing birds. <laughs> Well, that was out of context, wasn't it? Sup, kids, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I want you to picture a cake. I know we use cake as a metaphor a lot in these things, but I want you, I want you to picture a cake. That's, that's where we're starting. We're starting with cake this time. So picture a cake, maybe a whole cake, maybe a sliced cake. Probably a cake you had recently. You know? Just a nice slice of cake. Something you enjoyed. Something which was good, something for you. And then you, you know, you, you picture that, think of it, think of how the flavor works, think of what you enjoyed about it, what you didn't like about it, and just, just imagine that for a brief second with me. Who knows what cake I recently eaten, I, I don't know, it could be something fantastical, or it could be something more ground-based, like cheese. No, I had cheesecake. I had cheesecake recently, it was delicious. It was goat's cheesecake, though, it was, um, it was more savory than sweet. Um, and, and, and it was it was gorgeous. I, I cannot doubt it at all. Now keep that cake in mind while we get back into the podcast. I'm doing well. I've been thinking about humanity and thinking about the people, as I do and as I am want to do. It's a curse and a gift all at the same time. I don't know if it's a gift. It's just a curse so far. I, I don't think it's brought me anything. Um, but I've been thinking about the people and how much of a conflict we are as a society of people consistently there's no no in between with humanity there's no in between we are conflicting one way or another everything we think of we also think of the counter of because that's what we do we're we're whole we're whole right that's the that's the only way i can put it the human mind is whole we don't think of one side of things we think of both sides of things we urge them into existence by just musing on them like a scene from a Terry Pratchett novel. You muse on it, it comes into life. There's a scene, I think, is, is it, there's a, a book, I think it's Moving Images, maybe, or it's either Moving Images or Going Postal, one of the two. The, the whole idea of if you think of a, an object or you think of a person or a being, like, you know, a little imp which steals your socks, then that comes into reality, and that, that's what humanity is. You have an idea, and not only have you summoned the idea... In its positives and all the things which it will bring, you have summoned all of its negatives into being. There's no way around that. That's just simply how the human brain works. Your brain may not bring the negatives in, but somebody else's brain will. That's why discussion is important. That's why politics is chaos. And that's why we need to be more comfortable with the ambiguousness of life in general. Right? That's that's how I see the world as as being. But I, what I wanted to discuss was this whole whole thing. Right? I recently got talking to a friend about the idea of motivation, and I'm going to get a little off topic straight away. Um, something I really love watching is biopics, but specifically biopics about someone beating the odds, right? Something where someone figures something out and they beat the odds. That's what I like about biopics. It's not necessarily the hard, you know, hard-scaled trial and error, got lucky, got the opportunity, went out there and did the thing. Now, what I like is I like procedural things where someone beats the odds. Recently got done re-watching Moneyball. I've started watching clips of The Big Shot. Now, that's not 
particularly because it's about money, those just happen to be very good examples. I also enjoy, you know, that's why I enjoy true crime stuff, because it's procedural. That's why I like serial killer movies, because it's procedural. You, you're watching someone solve the puzzle in live action. It's not, there's no randomness about it. There's no, hey, oh no, it just happened to be in the right place at the right time. No, it's more like, oh, hmm. put put the things together, one after another. That's what it's all about. So, that's what I like. And why do I like those things? Well, I like those things because they, they're they they're all about persistence and they're all about ambition, but ambition in a different way because ambition itself is, is, is kind of redundant, right? Like, I could say I want to be a dog. I could say I want to be a mannequin. I could say I want to be a small plastic penguin with a wind-up cock and walk off a table. I could say all of those things. That could be my ambition. The probability of any of that happening is slim. Let's face it, you know, I could, I've could. i not got mechanical feet. I can't do it. I can walk normally. I'll probably fall off a table, but I won't be a small plastic penguin when I do it. And that is the difference between ambition and then procedural ambition. Procedural ambition is based on something more concrete. It's based on trying to solve something, trying to recognize and solve a problem and, and correct that problem, or better yet, provide a solution, or just just alter something you know beat the odds get past it yeah i'm not a competitive person and i this is the thing like i i love these things and i i enjoy when i get to do it but it's never to lord over or anyone and go ha ah, i beat you no it's just simply to solve it for myself i'm very much a person who will take things to pieces to see how it works because i want to know how it works and then later on if it breaks maybe i can help out maybe i can fix it maybe i can get it back to where it was in stable ground so someone else can do something competitive with it that's all I really want from the world. But people talk about ambition. Wolf of Wall Street, that's another one. People talk about ambition, and they they think it's very distinct, or even maybe even hard to find. But I think ambition is another one of those things which has been sold to us in such a wrong way. I did a podcast a while back about happiness being missold to you, and this I guess this is kind of basically in the same vein, is that ambition is sold to you in the wrong way. So when you think of ambition... What is the main advertised way of thinking about ambition? It's thinking about people like athletes, thinking about business people, thinking about money and, you know, career and CEO and wants and all those things. And the, the, the true ambition is pushing yourself every hour of every day to go out and beat the others and prove yourself as number one, right? That's what ambition is. So when it comes to ambition for little things like, you know, getting up... It's harder because there's no competitiveness of getting up. It's you versus you. Um, and you can lose against yourself. But you can also win against yourself by losing because you get to stay in bed. And that's pretty much just depression, which I've described right there. But that's how you're sold ambition. That's how the world perceives ambition. Yeah, ambition is required for literally anything. Like, to me, to go down and get this cup of coffee. I had to want to go get a cup of coffee. I had to go downstairs and be aware that there would be challenges along the way in one form or another. Challenges scale, you know, big challenges like filling a kettle, little challenges like flicking the switch on the kettle. That's what I had to do. So I had to have ambition to go do that. Now, why was I able to do that? compared to other things like you know making a smoothie or 
I, I don't know, making the fancy Turkish coffee, which I've yet to, not Turkish, Greek coffee, which I have in my house, which I've yet to actually use because it's got a, it's got a fancy, I've got a fancy like Greek coffee pot and I don't really want to use it, but I haven't got around to using it. And sorry, Stephanos. Stephanos bought me as a gift and I, I'm, I'm yet to use it. I will. I will use it. But anyway, so we, we kind of have that going around and every little thing you do requires a level of ambition. And if there's no competitiveness within that, then ambition is harder to achieve. But the reason I'm able to do that is because I have tasted coffee before and I wanted more. You see? You see? You see what I'm getting at here? What I'm getting at is, let me take a sip been talking about coffee. I need to have a sip of coffee. What I'm talking about here is trying to imbue this idea and get through to people who have been in a position of always being in abundance, of why you have such ambition, right? This isn't even particularly a podcast or an episode for people who struggle to find ambition. This is more for the people who have ambition. People who have naturally come out of the gate motivated and clicking to go. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go do this and this and this and this. What you need to realize, people who are in that position, is the likelihood is that you've either had your life in one way or another. One, you've had nothing, right? You've had absolutely nothing, and you want to correct that within your life. You want to go out there, and you want to make something of yourself and prove other people wrong. That's your competitive edge. That's seeing the world out there and saying, hey, I want to do this, and this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it regardless of anything. That's your competitive edge. And then the other side is that you've basically had a lot of things. You've had a lot of privilege. You've had a lot of situations where you've been able to do things. Not necessarily given things. Everyone has their own struggles. But you've been opportunized in order to do that, which meant when you didn't have those things, you recognized it. You recognized when something was missing from your life and you said to yourself, oh no, that's gone. I best go do something to do that. Which brings me to the cake, the critique which you were missing and talking about the cack, if you will, at the very beginning of this episode. Now picture this cake. This is the simplest way I could think to put it and I could have probably just summed this up in one thing. If you've eaten a slice of cake before, chances are you would probably want a slice of cake again right? Now, if someone brings you a whole cake, and you've seen a cake in a window, you might think to yourself, oh, that's interesting, but I've got no real interest in going there. I have no interest in kind of sitting in there and getting cake. I don't know what it's going to taste like. Who knows? The thing is, this is a world where you've never had cake, okay? And you, you wouldn't know. You would have no clue. You might even be a little bit mystified by it, and you might have other people tell you, oh, cake is amazing. You should go out and get some. And you think to yourself, yeah, but, you know, maybe, I don't know. I'm not that. I've got other things. I've got things which I already like, which I'm spending my money on to the, rather than going out there and getting cake. And then you have a slice of cake and you realize, oh, well, this is fantastic. Let's get more of that. And that's my point. Is and it, it's as simple as simple as hunger. That's all, that's all I'm trying to trying to suggest. Is ambition is as simple as hunger. It's as simple as you having something to eat, being satiated, and thinking to yourself, that was pleasant. I'd like some more of that. And you suddenly you have more ambition to go get more of that. You have a really good bump of pushing yourself out there. And that's all ambition actually is. When you think about the world out there, you require little successes and you require little moments to encourage you along the way. If you don't have those little encouragements and you don't have these opportunities, then chances are 
you're not going to be that motivated to go do those things because the world you're living in is suitable for you, right? You're not going to want to change that because it's suitable for you. This is the whole issue, essentially, with those before us and the generations before us, is that they've had their worlds and they've built their worlds and they've succeeded in one way or another, and that served their purpose. And then someone else came along and went, no! We're going to do things differently. And why do we say we're going to do these things differently? Because we've been exposed, as a generation, to the most information any human beings have ever been exposed to in our entire lifetime. The children right now are getting so much information that they are not even going to be able to comprehend that someone 20 years ago could not know everything, right? That's the madness of it. That is the absolute madness of it. And so we're tasting things constantly constantly just biting into things and tasting things and seeing things and consuming things and and working our way through and it's giving extra people little bits of ambition but of course there's always going to be those who don't and those who struggle with this kind of thing and i want to talk to you for a moment as well i'm going all over the place with this one this one's uh, it's off the hinges it's off the rails i even have a bullet point list i'm not even working through that i've gone about cake we've discussed that happiness is cake at the kind of and enjoys the taste and motivation and all that kind of thing but we're going to talk a little bit more about that right now okay so if you don't have this right if you find you're struggling to find motivation and ambition within things that's reasonable okay This is the other thing which people need to understand. The not being motivated to do something is completely natural. Because, as I've just said, if you're not experiencing the thing which brings you joy, it is hard to get motivated because you don't know what the thing which brings you joy is. Right? It's all about that anglerfish. There's a a song about Hank Green all about that. I think think it's about anglerfish? I'm pretty sure it's about anglerfish. The whole idea of the anglerfish, off topic again, is that anglerfish aren't scared of the dark, but they live in the dark. And they aren't scared of the dark because they've never known light, right? They don't see the light. It's not possible. They're too far into the ocean. They're in that section of the ocean which is off limits to anybody else. They don't fear the light, and they don't fear they don't fear the dark even. They might fear the light because who knows what the light is, but they live in the dark. And we live in the light because we're on the surface. We're on the top level, as far as we know, unless the sky demons come down and eat us. But we're on the top level, which means we fear the dark because the dark is the unknown. It is where predators sleep. They don't. They live in the dark. So for them, it's the things which live in the light which afraid them. Back to my point I said. So if you never got the opportunity to have the things which might bring you joy you're not really going to be motivated to go there because you don't know they exist. You don't know how to try them. You don't know how to get involved with them. Which is, it's, it's, it's such a sampling process, I think. You know, it's such a sampling process. I think, as a person, and as a person I tend to try and embody this, I recently said to some people, you know, I don't really go through life. I just sample through life. That's all I actually do. <laughs> I just sample my way through life. And, it's be- and the reason I do that is because... I'm tasting everything to see what brings me joy, right? And not in like a Mary Curie. No, is it Mary Curie? No, Mary Curie is the one who like did nuclear fission or something. Um, I'm sampling the world. That's all I'm doing. You know, I'm tasting little bits, little little slivers, little little pockets. 
to see what I enjoy, to see what's there, to see what I like, to see what I don't like. I'm I'm not pushing myself to engage in massive new experiences in a huge, you know, almost homicidal level where I'm destroying myself. I'm just sampling things, just tasting things. I'll listen to a song, which is not the genre which I usually listen to. I'll read a book which has been recommended to me when I get round to it. I will take these opportunities to enjoy these little moments and try them out and know whether or not I like those things to form a better position because there's a chance that you're going to sample something and you're going to encounter something which when you step back and you look at it you go oh that was great I want more of that let's go get more of that and then suddenly ambition and motivation creep in I almost liken it to it's like discovering a new genre of music right like we, you know, when you you kind of listening to music and you listen to the same tracks over and over again, everyone's got a, everyone's got an album or a group of musicians which you've listened to since you were probably about fourteen, fifteen. That's usually when musical tastes take a take a real slap in slap in your brain, and they lay down, and then suddenly everything else is a baseline up to that. Now you get that, and you say to yourself, "Okay, I've got this." And every so often, someone will bring you a track. A new track. It's happened a few times to me where someone's just passed me a song and said, hey, you should listen to this. And I listen to it and all of a sudden, oh my lord, I've just discovered, you know, chocolate gato. I've discovered vanilla wafer cake. I have discovered a lemon pie. Probably not a lemon pie. I don't really like citrus. And you suddenly can't stop eating it. You can't. You suddenly find that you're listening to entire albums and entire songs on repeat over and over again and everything about them. You're setting it as your ringtone. You're setting it as your alarm for the morning. And you're going to oversaturate yourself. You know you're going to oversaturate yourself. You might even learn to hate this song. You might even get to a point where you're like, oh no, I've ruined this for myself. But you want everything to do with this. It's, it's, it's discovering a new track. It's discovering a new medium, a new actor, a new lyric, a new book, a new writer. Suddenly you want to consume everything if you can. And you can because you've tasted it. You tasted a little bit of it. And it made you happy. Happiness is the cake. That's what I'm saying. Cake is happiness, and joy is the taste. It's the two things go hand in hand. But in order to get either of them, you're going to have to sample them all. You're going to have to go out there and try little bits and do little things and talk to people and engage with the world around us. You achieve nothing by closing yourself off. And now, obviously... That's no shadow of shade at anyone who does clothe themselves off. Everyone has reasons to. Everyone suffers hurt. Everyone suffers a moment. But even in your closed-off space, you can still sample the world, right? You can still go out into the web, into the lives, into books, into different things, and sample things at your own rate and in your own space and in your own security, I'm not saying throw yourself into the deep end with the sharks. All I'm saying is dip a toe once in a while. Maybe the water's nice. You don't know. We could probably find out. We could probably figure that out together. Now, obviously, there's the other side of this. And if you're anything like me, you perceive ambition as an untrustworthy thing. I know, I feel like I'm about to backtrack quite a bit here. When I meet ambitious people, I am suspicious of ambitious people. Especially ambitious people 
who are outwardly ambitious, those who shout about eating more and eating many and eating often. Those are the people who I generally avoid because they suffer from something else. Now, a lot of these people who I meet are ambitious, especially when you meet them and they're already kind of doing okay, is that they have been in a situation where they have probably been quite privileged and then they noticed that they were missing something and they suddenly claimed it because, you know, they don't want to miss out, fear of missing out. And they claim it and then they keep going. But also the other side of it is that a lot of people are false feeding. A lot of people aren't trying cake. They're looking at pictures of cake. and they're, They're vicariously sampling the world. And that is tasteless. It's it's empty. It will produce people who have ambition but have no end context, is the way I would put it. You have no end goal. You know, a lot of these people, you see it a lot with a lot of, what's the term, is young CEOs. Young CEOs and investors and things like that. It's like they've got this goal of they want to be rich and they want to be powerful and they want to be famous. But they have no actual solution of what they do with that power should they get it. Like, you, you know, you're going to make millions. Great. What are you going to do once you have those millions? Do you have a goal? Do you have a plan? Do you have any kind of wherewithal of what kind of thing you want to leave behind other than just some zeros on a bank account? Do you? Because at the moment, when I look at you all, I'm sat there going, well, you're gaining wealth, but really your wealth means nothing because wealth is a, a, a fallible asset which you can basically just destroy in one night. And you're you're building houses. You're not actually building people. You have to develop the people around you. This is the final point which I have here. And this is the risk which I feel like a lot of people will worry about falling into. Ambition in itself is not a bad thing, right? Ambition is not. Motivation is not a bad thing. And you can feed yourself motivation by sampling the world around you. You can provide it to yourself. You don't have to look to other people. You don't have to look to things out there. You can just... Give yourself little moments and discover little things which make you joyful and then follow those things to give yourself more motivation to go do those things. You know, like a lot of people try zine making and creating and they, they get into it and then they build upon that and they go further and further and further and you've got to try and sample these things. Now, you get these young CEOs who have done that and they're just eating constantly and but they're ending up empty and ending up a bit vapid and you're going to provide yourself with a much more stable, balanced situation if you just... Take at your own pace. Now, the thing which I believe and the thing which I think is is right is that if you're in a situation where I have been quite a few times where you're able to progress and you're able to move on, is that you provide other people with samples, right? People who don't even know they need it. And that is the true key of doing any of this, is that if you're finding success and you're finding it easy, that you have to take a moment out and look for those who aren't, right? Look for those who you see aren't particularly motivated and aren't particularly engaged. And maybe they don't want to be, and that's fine. But you can throw them something, you know? Buy them a slice of cake once in a while. Bring them a little bit of joy. Give them a win, like a small win or a big win. It doesn't matter. Just give them that little edge of joy to say, hey, you know, this is what it feels like. And you're capable of it because you've been in this situation. Here's some cake. Do you like the taste of it? Fantastic. Let's talk about getting you more cake. I think the message of the world and the message of the mind media is ambition and the and motivation and invention. And this is something which a lot of politicians push hardline. They worry about people not wanting to invest in the country. And they worry about people being put off by different laws and rules. Right? Investment doesn't matter. 
None of that actually matters. None of that motivational nonsense matters. Technology and invention and all these things, they're, they're, they're a null point. They're completely blank if you don't, along the way, take the time out to develop the people around you. Otherwise, you end up with a company which makes a product and none of the employees want to be there. If you build a house and you're not taking into consideration the people who are going to live in the house, you haven't got a house. You've got a storage unit for people. And that's the justification for it. That's why I am the way that I am, the way I behave I do like I do, and why I do projects and little things to encourage people and create with people and push people just along those lines. I'm never going to tell you how to live your life, he says at the end of a podcast where he's just told you a bunch of things. But what I am going to tell you is that you can create these little moments for yourself. It is completely possible. And if you're in a situation where you have been feeling a little stagnant and a little plain, maybe just give yourself a little bit of motivation and do that by trying a few things. Yeah, it's not always going to go well. Occasionally, cake's going to be crap. It's going to be dry. It's going to be tasteless. It might even have blueberries in it, and that's a terrible thing. But every once in a while, you get a slice of cake you're really going to love. And... That's going to motivate you to try other cake and go do other things. I find that a little bit of passion again. People die mentally when they stop exploring the world. Whether that be philosophically, physically. That's when I watch people die. And I really don't want that to happen to any of you. I want you to all stay a little hungry. And you're only hungry after you've eaten. Because you know what it tastes like. I'll talk to you guys later.